welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about things that are weighing on your minds. I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker, and card-carrying chubby chaser. And today, I'm a happy little gardener because I just got a mint plant for some of my <laughs> favorite cocktails involving mint. Ooh, Ooh. Nice. What is your favorite cocktail involving mint? I've been really enthusiastic about this Italian cocktail that uses a, a special little liqueur called Quintessentia. So I'll be right oh, over. You got to muddle we'll the show on hold. <laughs> I am going to grab one of those, and we can start recording right after that. Excellent. I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. Uh, I live in West Hollywood. I'm 30 feet above Daniel, and today I am a I don't know. I'm a uh, a nerdy boy because I've been working on uh, my my character sheet for Michael's D and D game. <laughs> dum dum dum. That's right. That's right. Yes. Well, my name is Michael. I am a chaser, and uh, I am back in my space. There was a uh, there was a calamitous event, and I had to stay in a, a hotel for the last week and a half. And I'm finally back in my space and ready to go. And and then everything broke again. So I guess that's just what 2021 is. That's there. You go. <laughs> happy Happy Wednesday, everybody. Mm. Hey there, I'm Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am a double book daddy's boy because I was talking with my father on our weekly <laughs> phone call before we started this and I misscheduled our recording time. So I'm here. Hey, happy yeah, to have you. Father's happy pissed have you. at me for blowing him home. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, an interesting start to 2021 as it kind of plow, plows forward into the unknown. Um, this is coming out. Uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, if you're listening mm -hmm. on the day this came out, it is now Wednesday. I cannot. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. Which, uh, obviously, uh, for the future <laughs> listeners, this is around the time Donald Trump was permanently uh. banned from Twitter. Which is <laughs> it's weird. It's fun, but also like it's the part in the horror movie Scary. where the monster's gone. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, you this is where we've shot him once, and we're screaming at Pelosi to shoot him in the head. Yeah. While he's down. <laughs> double tap, double tap. Uh, I'm waiting for a presidential jump scare at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm God. laughing because it's so true. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, uh, no, he, <laughs> yeah. You think he's gone, but. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's get to it. We, yeah, we've got dive. some. We've got a really good show this week. Um. Start off with actually some some good news. Let's 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 turn those frowns upside down. Um, we have a, a, a really sort of uh, heartfelt story that we found a listener sent in actually mm -hmm. um, about an Instinct magazine magazine about a gay couple who uh, turned a COVID vaccination into a proposal opportunity. Um, one of them uh, was getting his vaccination. And the other, I, I think the other guy was actually administering the vaccination. Is that how mm -hmm. it went? Yes. And under his sleeve, uh, where the vaccination was going to be injected, he had taped his engagement, his proposal engagement ring. Um, and the really cute part about it is that, and it's absolutely no mention or point in the article whatsoever. It's just kind of nice that one of them is uh, a fat boy and super cute. And it super didn't matter in the article it's just about a lovely gay couple that got engaged mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's kind of nice to see a non-story about about a fat person getting engaged i i, I like that yeah like not having to make it into an issue yeah this is kind of i think like what this is this is the goal this is what we yeah. want where there is just representation and it's not a thing it's not about weight loss and 
that's true of the journey of every minority representation in <laughs> yes. popular cinema. The goal is to just be a character. It's not so long ago that the the thing we'd be talking about is, and can you believe it? They proposed right in front of the coworkers, and none of the coworkers had a problem with the fact they were gay. But we don't even talk about that anymore because in, in most urban areas, that's not even a thing anymore. At mm-hmm, least exactly. in, in my world, I know. I'm sure there's some listener out there who's like, oh, it's a thing. You know, if you're in Krakow or something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I imagine this is the listener who's always in their car, just clutching the steering wheel, <laughs> yelling at us. <laughs> <laughs> it's still a thing. If he's, <laughs> in, he, and he's going he's gonna to get here any minute because he's still in his car. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, high five to uh, this was originally reported by CNN um, by Samira Saeed, I think, or Samira Saeed. Uh, high five. Thank you for reporting this appropriately. We yes. appreciate it. <sighs> It's it's nice. It's nice to have nice things. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to have nice things now? Please. Yeah. It, we get a, we get another nice thing. Nice, uh, not a nice thing. <laughs> another nice thing. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not ready to take the plastic off the couch yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what are the nice things that we have going on? We have uh, the second fat watch of the year. Yeah, the music, the music, got the music going. It's it's you're excited. It's news. It's not about everything going on. It's fat watch. 2021. Yes, 2021. I ooh, I had something earlier where I had no idea what year it was. So it's all the news that's fat to print. Yes. Oh, fat chance of that, Don. Oh. Michael, Trevor, I'm leaving. Enjoy. I be- Michael, I believe this was sent in by a listener. Uh, it was, yes. Um, uh, did you want me to? Yeah, I'll let you. I'll set up. I'm, pit- I'm setting it up, and you're going to swing your little Michael bat. <laughs> swing my my not so little Michael bat. <laughs> Sorry, that's getting cut. <laughs> Don't expect to hear that in the show. <laughs> So if we all discuss your um, not so little Michael bat over the course of the show, you'd have to leave it in so you have context. <laughs> no, people just think you're weird. Um, so this is a this was really fun. It was sent in by a listener, and uh, I think the eye catching part about it is that it was in the cover of Cosmopolitan UK. Um, the title of the article is "Eleven Women Who Prove Wellness Isn't One Size Fits All." Um, but the representation within, as you can imagine by the title, was was really, really broad. And the um, the woman they feature on the cover of the article is this beautiful, happy, fat woman um, posing. And the, the, literally the headline of the cover of the magazine says, this is healthy, exclamation point. Um, and it, it, talk about making a statement. Like, yeah, you don't you don't see stuff like that every day. No. Well, and I like that they didn't pull the punch. Like they didn't couch it as like, is this healthy? Let, mm-hmm. Let's let's have a debate. Right. You know, it, it's like open nope. the magazine and find out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They could have turned it into a into a big teaser. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. People are already mad about this. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> my, little, uh, my little news <laughs> aggregator like. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, anytime you uh, anytime you treat fat <laughs> people as human beings, people get upset. Yes. But it is a lovely um, kind of feature showing different women with different bodies and kind of their approach to wellness. And I, I hate, I know, I hate the word exercise. I feel like everything is just becoming like uh, toxic forms of uh, trying to get us to buy stuff. But I'll say uh, wellness <laughs> and um, movement and 
joy because it is just a very um the photos are just very happy and there's a lot of millennial pink and then also um whatever the new yellow is that's like our <laughs> one of the colors of the year piss yellow <laughs> no it's uh it's banana yellow it's i think it's uh partially inspired by the uh the duct taped banana because the colors for this year are it's like kind of a banana yellow and then like a duct tape gray <laughs> <laughs> did you get kidnapped by Pantone and something and been being held in a color color vault? What's going on? No, here? I'm no, I just so confused. I'm, I'm plugged into uh, you're so plugged stuff. in. That's just one of my weird things. I like uh, I, I actually got in trouble at one point in um, junior high because I just I bought this book of like about color and it was just it was a Pantone book. And it was kind of I got in trouble because it's like I was just flipping through a book of big swatches of color and they didn't know that like. There was more to it than just <laughs> colorful squares. Anyway. So what you're saying is that we're just as bad as the teachers who shut you down yes. in high school and we're triggering you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Do years have colors assigned? To oh, them? yes. I'm yes. so confused. Yeah. Who picks the who? Like, whose job is this? As it's I said, it's Pantone. Color. <laughs> it's big color. It's a, it's Pantone and the conspiracy of, of, uh, of elite designers. <laughs> I, I think we may have lost the plot. Yeah, okay. But, uh, I keep, <laughs> so, Michael, keep, the, <laughs> keep some of this, keep but this also going. like we're way off the rails here. <laughs> um, People need to know. So, <laughs> uh, um, anyway. Uh, forget love, this fat thing. I want to do the color expose <laughs> from now on. That's the new uh, podcast theme. Color expose. Uh, lovely anyway. spread in the Cosmopolitan yes. UK. Um, and speaking of the UK, which is no longer part of the European Union, uh, their neighbors in France, um, I oh, saw yeah. this, um, this is, so I was in the, I'm a part of a Facebook group that's called Fat Studies, and it is different fat activists or people studying, like fat studies or kind of uh, different, uh, sometimes just people who are in gender studies with a, a minor in fat studies. People in this sphere of fat activism, fat studies sharing ideas, asking for input. This woman who was part of a French uh, fat activist group posted this message, which I'm going to have Dan read in one of his lovely French accents. Oh, well, oh, I'll, I'll just do the French right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, the person writes, my French fat activist group, Gras Politique, is campaigning against a new French TV show about bariatric surgery called Operation Renaissance which is translates as Operation Rebirth in English. And basically, the idea of getting an operation to lose weight is supposed to make you born again. Um, and they say, we will be sharing under the hashtag Bama Renaissance, which is not my rebirth, uh, mm -hmm. on social media if you want to look into it. Hmm. Um, which I, I was looking and I was surprised. I mean, I'm always surprised to see any kind of fat activism outside of the United States because um, we've mentioned some other groups in previous episodes, but I, I don't see a lot from them. I see that they exist. Um, and it, mm -hmm. if you go to the Pas-Mont pas Renaissance, which I should be saying better because mm -hmm. I took French for eight years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, it is very active. And I started following um, the the group uh, Grosse Politique. Um, it, it, I, I'm, I just love to, I love to see, I don't know, that even in France, they're tired of all this bullshit. <laughs> um, but check out uh, Gross Politique. Uh, I'm going to put the hashtag. No, I, can can um, I just say it's it, for what I have? Sorry. Unless it's different, it's Gras Politique, not Gross. Gras, sorry, 
Gra. Gra. G-R-A-S. Well, it's a different word. That's why. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Gras politics. (laughs) Sure. I, yeah. Let's go with that. I'm sorry. Je suis désolé. Je ne parle beaucoup de français. Je parle un peu de français. Say un pro. What does it say about? I know how to. I know how to. What is it? I know. I know how to apologize in French and say I speak a, a little French. Je suis très désolé. Check out. It says something about the French that I speak that when you say gras politique, the first thing that comes to my mind is pâté de foie gras politique, which well, I think maybe something word. else. <laughs> I miss the glass. <laughs> <laughs> but that sounds like a group I joined. Yeah, yes. yeah exactly. Um, <laughs> check out the hashtag. I'm going to put the hashtag in all the social media. You can click on it and see the various posts on if it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Check it out. Is um, is the hashtag also in English or is that just for, for translation purposes? Uh, that's it, just for the Americans who... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are like me and maybe well no i i don't know i understand more french than I, I i can't speak and for some reason i always was told i spoke great french but i did not you know write it well which i don't understand because as you can tell listener i have no idea what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> i remember one time my friend in college came back from his french final exam and he had bombed it just terrible and he was so upset and he was so angry and he just said what do the french need a language for anyway uh, <laughs> maybe don't put that in because we might have some new French listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving so, on. Yeah, for, our, yeah. for our main topic today, we're actually revisiting our mailbag because we had uh we had a letter show up in December, was it Michael? Yeah, early December, right around the time that we did our Chaser episode, the first one, and uh we missed it. We just completely uh, overlooked it, overlooked it by accident yeah. um, in our our various different inboxes. And it's a really powerful story this guy has written us in with, and it it actually merited its own discussion. Yeah. Um, and our apologies so, for missing that. I do promise we we read all the email that give that everything you send in. We read, even mm-hmm. if it's. Even something that we may it. criticize you for in the future we read <laughs> we uh, we actually yeah we had a different episode planned this week but we bumped it because this actually felt really important to get to mm-hmm. um so do we care who reads this uh, I, i'll read it if you like yeah yes. go for it. all right i was 19 years old and dating my second boyfriend he was a six foot three fat guy in his early 20s and after having sex once he asked what do you like about me why are you attracted to me? And I said, I'm attracted to your body and you have great taste in movies. He dressed up and then proceeded to tell me to please elaborate. I tried my best and failed. After that, he brought up his laptop and asked me to show him the porn I liked. I did and immediately regretted it. He looked at like 10 seconds of the porn video I picked and he said that I needed to find help. And he even offered to help me find a psychiatrist so I could be fixed. Mm. At the time that fucked me up, Having a guy that you absolutely love telling you how sick you are for being attracted to him, it was too much. And the worst thing is that I liked the guy so much that I actually tried and forced myself to like skinny guys. Oh, I definitely got over that trauma, but Lord, it made it hard for me to share and enjoy my sexuality with my future partners. That is until I did start therapy. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, Where do you want to start? This one hit a... 
this one hit a note for me. Um, yeah. One, uh, I, I don't think we got a name off of there, but uh, we're going to call you Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Uh, Thank you Charlie, for I apologize that you went through that. That sucks. And it oh. sucks that it's my people that did it to you. Mm. My fat people. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and the reason why this hit a note for me is because, God damn it, I hate to admit it, but I could see myself doing something like this by accident. Right. Like mm. I, I have my own issues. I've got my own bullshit. I'm trying to work on it. But you know what? Every once in a while, my own bullshit's just going to slosh out of the bucket and get on people that are too close to me when we're talking about topics that are too close, too close to my soft spots. Mm -hmm. This is something that this poor kid had to deal with on his own because somebody else hadn't fully dealt with their own bullshit yet. And guys. When when chasers love us, you know what? We got to watch our bullshit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, our in our our difficulty accepting other people's attractions and love for us. That's a that's just going to be a big hurdle. You know, I, I understand the programming we all go through. I understand the grappling we got. But um, Charlie, this is not on you and mm. everyone like Charlie who's been in the situation. Take it from a fat guy. This is not on you. Yeah. Dan? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say that I like that point you made, Don, about your own bullshit leaking out onto other people. And for all the chubs out there who feel like they've been mistreated by a chaser, it's actually the same issue. It's it's yeah. the chaser's own bullshit, the mm -hmm. chub's own bullshit, leaking out onto other innocent people in your life. And it's how shit goes wrong. Um, this has happened to me. Uh, I wasn't 19. I wasn't nearly as vulnerable as this guy, but I told a beautiful man in my bed, a beautiful 500 pound Samoan. I said, wow, you are beautiful. And he said, dude, you need therapy. Just like just right out. And again, I wasn't affected like this guy. Uh, I've also had the experience of porn of showing uh, this guy tried to pick me up at Starbucks. And I'd like, sorry, not interested. You're not my type. He was this gorgeous, thin Asian guy. And it's like, sorry, you're not my type. I mean, which of course leads to, well, what's your type? And so I said, well, I like really fat guys. And he's like, look, if you don't want to go out with me, you don't have to lie to me. So right. I said, you know, I have a whole collection of fat boy porn on my computer. I can show you right now if you don't believe. He's like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> but and again, I'm not trying. I, I, I'm the opposite of one upping. I'm the point of my telling this is not because something worse happened to me. Quite the opposite. This is devastating. What this guy yeah. talks about. Yeah. The point of my sharing this is that it is more ubiquitous than you think. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate Dan bring you bringing that up that it's there's chaser bullshit too because I, I think Dan I think it was early in our friendship I think excuse me Michael I think it was early in our friendship when I got dumped by a guy that I was seeing up in Pepperdine and this has happened to me twice before this too uh, where the parting shot is from this guy like oh mm -hmm. and you know I never really found you attractive you know oh, like the, right. the, the you. fat thing is just not. You know, and it, like it creates it, when you're on the receiving end of that. I'm like, your body told me you were attracted to me. <laughs> like I like you calling me a lot told me you were attracted. <laughs> I'm very confused by that. But to me, that that parting shot of dismissive cruelty has been a pattern that I have received from multiple chasers. 
And that set up additional bullshit in my mind that then I have sloshed onto other chasers, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. so there is a cycle of rejection and cruelty going on here that we need to examine within ourselves. I can't fix it when someone else does it, but it's sort of my responsibility to make sure that their bullshit that splashed onto me, I don't rub off on someone else. I wish I had a good method for that. It's just something that I've had to kind of heal over time. If, I, I if think, one of you have a strategy on how to deal with this sort of bullcrap, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, I, I think a way to, uh, I, I think how we can start to break this pattern is the awareness of the, like, so in the case of Charlie, the vulnerability, like showing someone the porn you look at is a very vulnerable and very generous act because it's one it's a very intimate thing it's yeah i don't know i i think we we kind of talked about this in the the valentine's day episode when people share their desires with you the vulnerability in that and even if it's not necessarily your thing acknowledging that generosity of sharing that and if it activates something within you trying to realize that's on you and that them sharing this vulnerability or desire isn't necessarily reflective of whatever that is generating is on on your end yeah if that makes sense and i feel like if you if there's ever a moment where you're sharing your uh, you know a video a porn with somebody or they're doing that for you like if there's if there's ever the context of doing that and judging what you're about to see like well, show me what you like. Like you clearly mm-hmm. going in with some level of judgment. That's that's never gonna go well. Yeah. It's gotta be for, oh, show me what you like, so we can come up with some fun ideas or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like if it's some, it's if it's for something constructive like that. But this guy was Charlie was set up to fail. Like he was, this this guy he was dating asked him clearly so that he could use it to slap him down. Well, and this is, you know, I was in a relationship and I remarked to my boyfriend at the time, like, oh, that guy over there is really hot. And my boyfriend looked at me like, oh, you've got to be kidding. And my boyfriend at the time was offended. Like he was really upset. Like it took a few hours to move on from this. He was so offended that I could find him attractive and also this guy attractive because he thought that guy was loathsome and how dare I put them in the same category. And I think that also happened here in this porn example that Charlie talks about where show me what you like and he shows him some porn and the guy has a reaction to the porn and then he's like, oh my God, you think I'm that? That's sick. That's disgusting. And it and he makes it personal. Well, and the, the, the worst part for me is that there was no right, like there was no Absolutely video not, yeah. that he could have pulled mm-hmm. up that would have resulted in a good response. Nope. Like that was, it was no. a trap. It was, was a trap. Not, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was absolutely a trap. And that's, that's part of why it's so frustrating besides the fact that this guy is, is yeah. I just got to circle back because this is, this is something I'm going to reiterate at least three times during this topic. Charlie, this was not about you. <laughs> well, His and that's bullshit was not about you. And when you asked earlier, Don, like, what can you do about this? A lot of times when you get, like you talked about that parting shot, well, I was never in, I was never really attracted to you anyway, or the really awful parting shot that a lot of chubs have gotten, certainly in the online dating world, you know, have you, that they, where the chaser says like, 
something to the effect of like, you rejected me. You should be grateful that anybody's into you and blah, 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 blah. You fat, blah, 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 blah. And then and it, it's just like, oh my God, where did this come from? Cause it's, you know, cause I'm three, so glad I've never gotten mm-hmm. that. Oh, oh, three. I, my God, the rage. Oh, yeah. I would Oh, express. absolutely. Cause three lines ago, they're <laughs> like, hi, you're hot. Any picks? No, sorry. Not interested. <laughs> you fat, you, I mean, and that, that was, that was the intro, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then oh, it's horrible. And I think a lot of chubs, unfortunately, have had to get used to that sort of horrible online interaction, used to it because it happens. And mm-hmm. the only the only coaching I have for that with people is y- you got to get it's not personal. It's their little hell that they've decided to drop on you for a for a moment and you don't have to accept it. What really mm-hmm. gets dangerous, what really gets dangerous, either in that scenario or the why don't you ever take me out in public scenario is you know, you will get what you will tolerate. If you set it up that you don't tolerate that in your life, then that's not going to occur in your life. You you can you can say no to that. Not as not because they're terrible people, but because you know that's kind of a we're not compatible. If we can't go mm-hmm. out in public together, we're not compatible. Anybody who's going to treat me like that, we are so not compatible. And I know I know that when Dan says that, there's a bunch of guys out there going like, well, yeah, but there aren't a ton of options for me. So I, you know, keep lowering the bar. Well, if you keep lowering the bar, you are never going to find something you're happy with. And you know, I would Dan say that is they're correct. And sometimes you just have to pass up the dessert that's in front of you right now for the better meal that's down the road. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's hometown buffet and you know what you're going to get and it's available and it's around the block and it's cheap as hell. And yeah, maybe the steakhouse isn't in your budget or isn't even, even isn't even in your town, but that doesn't mean you can't try to look at okay so what would it take to be in the steakhouse instead of at home country buffet hometown you, buffet is a great one to compare it to because you're going to feel bad after home hometown buffet too so like hannibal lecter finds you on growler and says hey i'll cook you a meal like do you say yes or do you say no <laughs> sometimes it's better s- to eat alone mm-hmm. yeah Um, I want to look at this one part which i think we've talked about a little bit but maybe not so much on this show which is you know, in the second paragraph, he says, worse is that I, I like the guy so much that I actually tried and forced myself to like skinny guys. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, Dan, I have some stories about that of my own. Um, have you ever been in that mindset before? I remember being frustrated that traditionally hot guys did and still do completely pull my focus. But I know from experience that if I if I take that guy to bed, nothing's going to happen that either one of us is going to enjoy. I, I say to him, I, I've made the comparison. It's like a dog chasing a car. What's he going to do when he catches it? And I will go after I, I learned when I like when I was young, I was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. He's so hot. He's so hot. Oh, my God. And he's into me. He's so hot. And then we get in bed and like, uh oh, I'm kind of stuck now. <laughs> Shit. And then and then I am. And then I am the world's worst lover. And I couldn't figure out why that kept happening. (laughs) Every time Dan says the dog chasing a car thing, I imagine the car stopping and the dog just hitting the back of a car. Well, that's what happens. (laughs) That's exactly what happens when the hot guy returns returns the cruise and we ended up in bed. You know, this is like when I was in my early 20s. And it's like, oh, this. why does this keep not going well? Well, because that's not what you really like. That's what you think you should like. So I have over the last, I don't know, 10 plus years, I've, I've sort of occasionally circled around this mindset of like, well, 
you know, like when you have enough people tell you that, like I've heard, I've heard a variety of different versions of like, I'll say, you know, I'll just explain being a chaser and somebody will say, well, that seems really closed minded. Have you tried being just having like widening your <laughs> perception? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's that one of like, oh, just, you know, dabble, like don't limit yourself. And then there's also the like, just the vague pressure of like, oh, like, are you sure? Are you sure about that? And so <laughs> mm. occasionally I've come around to like, you know, do, should I test my own desires? Like, should I push myself into it? Like Dan was saying, like, should I, should I push myself into a situation with a guy who I like, but is not the physical type that I tend to go for? And I have, I don't know, there's been a handful of guys that have been around my size, some smaller, some a little bigger. And yeah, it, it, it doesn't go well. It's not to say that they aren't necessarily good experiences in other ways. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I like being mm. close to somebody. I sure. like, you know, whatever, like that, that can feel good. But when we come to actual sexual activity, no, 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 it doesn't go well. <laughs> For anyone who says like, are you sure? They're sure. Trust me. <laughs> They're sure. <laughs> I have seen... The transcendence, the like, I I feel yes, like it's going to yes. be like in Watchmen yeah. where they're going to explode and like layer <laughs> by layer and then just be like a floating brain and system of uh, the nervous system and then just like eyeballs and then just dust. It is, I mean, the, the sureness is definitely there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, I think the thing that it took me a while to figure out was that, I mean, there is a there is a spectrum of what I'll respond to, and it's a pretty wide. There's a pretty wide spectrum, and so trying to push myself beyond the lowest point of that spectrum, I mean, I was able to experiment, and it didn't go the way I thought it would. In that, I thought it was going to be okay, and it was actually terrible. And then I came back into my spectrum and then I started pushing myself to the other end of the spectrum. Ah. And it was kind of like what Trevor was just talking about. <laughs> you must be this wide like, to ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will like, tell you, Aha. I, I have been some I have been people's first male experience. Mm-hmm. I have been people's first fat experience. And the reactions of all those guys was exactly the same. <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> I'm a thirsty man in front of an oasis. You know, I've thought I've killed guys before. I remember <laughs> in college, this lawyer, I, this lawyer who I like lawyer, like high, like very like real, like lawyer, like high end Chicago law firm brought into my dorm. And I thought he was di- I thought he was having a stroke or seizure or something. Because the level of convulsions in the orgasm that he experienced, yes. And it was just so, that was like the most, at the time, intense. I think might still even be just because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what, to, like, I don't know if I call 911. <laughs> I don't know if like, the, you know, I was a freshman in college. Like, do I get my RA? What, <laughs> what do I do here? <laughs> if a lawyer if a lawyer dies of extreme orgasm in your dorm room do you call the ra first (laughs) is it like being caught with a candle (laughs) uh so charlie uh i hopefully you can tell from this discussion you are not alone in this experience we've Mm. many of us have had different versions of it i am 
terrified at the thought that I might have done this something similar. I, I know I've not done this, but <laughs> done something similar to some poor guy that I was with. It breaks my heart at the thought of it, but I couldn't say that I'd be completely shocked. Yeah. You know, I think the interesting twist at the end of this is that even though it came in the form of a, a really awful message, uh, he did eventually work his way through that trauma through therapy, um, which I think there are a lot of different forms of therapy for people and not it's not one size fit fits all, as we've discussed many times. <laughs> um, but in his case, like he was able to overcome that experience and the scars that it left by mm -hmm. finding the answers that he needed. And I think that's really admirable. Um, and I think that not everybody gets the opportunity to have that kind of growth. And so if you're listening and something similar has happened to you, um, it's, yeah, it's maybe all you need to hear is that it's possible to, to move beyond that voice in your head of somebody that you really valued or were in love with. And they're actually not the end all be all. Yeah. And, and that person is just one person. Mm -hmm. And these traumatic uh, romantic experiences, and this, I know this is not going to make anything feel better. These traumatic experiences are actually sometimes some of the greatest opportunities for our own personal growth. Like the person you are now, Right. Having gone through therapy, having confronted your desires, what who you are, what you want. A lot of it may be owed to this experience where you were forced to question that and look inward. And I know that doesn't make it feel any better, but the person you are now and those those levels you've gained since this experience may be drawn back to that moment. I am curious where like where is that guy now? Has he? Mm. Is he still like that? Is he better? Is he worse? Like there, there is a there, a long. I'm assuming at least several years have gone by since this happened. I mean, I, I get the sense that Charlie's probably in his late, mid to late twenties by now. Um, and I'm curious what that original six foot three fella is up to. Like, is has he been able to find a lasting relationship when he thinks that the people who like him need therapy? Well, I I would I also want to look at the flip side of that, which is. And you, Don, you mentioned this where, you know, when you said like, God, I hope I didn't do this or something like this, because <laughs> it'd be quite a thing to do this, mm -hmm. but you'd remember, but you know, how many, how many fat guys out there, basically their, their opinion, one's opinion of your, of one's body often dictates the experiences one has with one's body. <clears throat> yeah. And if you feel, yeah. if you feel like, you know, there's, there's a couple of ways that I've seen chubs relate to their body. One is like, I don't have a body. I'm just sort of this really smart person who happens to have stuff below the neck, but we're not going to discuss that. And so when a chaser mm -hmm. responds to that stuff below the neck, they're un unhinged by it because they don't know what to do with it. And they make it suspect. They make it wrong. They make it, a, they turn it into a, some sort of fetishistic stuff. And believe yeah. me, I'll be the first one to admit that chasers often can't get out of the way of their own dick and can be dicks. Mm. <laughs> believe me, I know that. <laughs> But there's also mm -hmm. the other side of that where a lot of chubs deny themselves the pleasure of a really wonderful chaser because they wouldn't want to be a member of a club who would have them as a member. And the club is, you know, the fat man's club. Yeah. And there's that really difficult balance and not balance, but difficult headspace to, to find yourself in where you 
your own attitude towards yourself, even if you think you've got it under wraps, is going to directly affect how the person you're with is able to find you attractive and relate to your body. Like if you hate how you look, it, no matter how good of a relationship you have in every other way with that other person, th there's still going to be this big barrier between you and them because they like how you look. They probably love how you look. And until like, let's even say that this, you know, in this hypothetical, you haven't said something horrible, like you need therapy and, you know, get out of my face. But you still have that hump to overcome. Like if you can't find a way to accept how you look, you're never going to be able to have a really deep connection with somebody who does accept how you look. And Michael, has, has sure. that happened to you where you've been in bed with a, a gorgeous fat guy and the last thing in the world he thinks of himself is that he's a gorgeous fat guy? Like, have you ever like had to sort of ease them through that? It has happened. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think for me, I've, I've actually made some decent progress and experiences where that has been the case. Um, I think because of my background and my sensitivity to trauma and, and, and scars that other people carry because I have my own, I think I'm able to sort of ease people through that in a way that may not always be the case. And I have the patience for it. Like I, I actually, I aspire to be like that at all times. And so, yeah, it, it does take some effort and you can, but I think the problem that happens is like, okay, let's say you work through that together and now you're, you're on this, the edge of a knife because it's such a delicate place to be. And like, you're there together, but you're kind of like holding each other's hands and leaning backwards <laughs> over either side. And like, if one person slips or like does anything even remotely triggering, you're both going to fall and get cut. So it is really hard to maintain that balance. It's like a stopgap. Like if the if the chaser you're with is is you know able to go along and be in that space with you, even though it's hard for you, there, there's there's still got to be work that's done. Like it it will keep you guys going forward if you're dating and you're a couple, but there's still stuff that needs to be healed and and grown through. Um, it's not it's it's not a permanent solution to just be balancing there all the time. Um, but yeah, I have, I have been in that case a few times. I hate, I, I hate to say like here, you, 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 we need to work on this and then not give a method to try and work on something. Mm -hmm. Um, so if, if you were going to give, uh, let's call the guy who, uh, was a dick to Charlie goofus, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> as opposed to if, gallant, <laughs> as opposed to gallant, if you were going to, give goofus some advice on how to get past his own bullshit that he's splashing all over poor charlie uh what advice would you give i think the thing that i would probably encourage first off is for him for this guy to maybe try and make some more fat friends platonic friends if because i know within myself i find it easier to to see the positive quality in another human being that i that I can't find in myself, right? Um, it's easier for me to sort of find um, something beautiful about Trevor's body than it is for me to find about my own, right? I don't know why that is, but it's how I'm built. It's sort of like if someone was, someone was to insult me, I'd, I'd probably feel hurt, but I'd find it easier to slide than if I heard someone insult Trevor. Mm -hmm, if someone absolutely. insulted Trevor, 
oh, sweet Jesus, you better fucking get in your car and drive because I'm going to find your ass and I will be in the back seat. And when <laughs> time that comes for the end of our closing bit of the episode, you better fucking watch out. <laughs> but if you direct that at me, I'm a little more zen about it. To piggyback right, on that, to, no, to piggyback on that, I think I, I find a lot of a lot of people in my seminars, a lot of fat guys in my seminars will say, uh, working through what you're talking about, they'll go, oh, well, you know, my my friend Lewis, he's a fat guy and he's just so confident and he gets all these really hot guys and I want to be like that. And and they get that it's so I mean, it's not just making friends maybe with any fat friend, but, you know, who are the fat people that you would like to be like because they don't seem inhibited or stopped by their body or they seem to actually take pride in their body, even though, you know, they're not they're not traditionally supposed to because, oh, my God, they're fat. I, I think that is a really good way to look at how do they do it? Because they're, they're doing something that I'm not doing. So what are they doing? Yeah, I'd say that's that's a really good yeah. point, like humanizing people that you would otherwise treat like trash. Mm -hmm. Well, and the other thing, you know, the thing that's going on with Goofus here is that Goofus doesn't think he has a problem is the biggest problem. Goofus thinks that a yeah. chaser does need therapy yeah. and that chasers need to be fixed so that they don't waste so that they don't. You know, I had a guy on uh, on uh, on Bigger City actually email me and just lit light into me right from the get go of the message. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Because you know, he doesn't know me from Adam and he's just so he's just being so hateful. Like, how dare you? How dare you date fat guys? I'm like, excuse me. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's and, he doing uh, on Bigger City? Do you and know it was what a fat you are? Guy. And it was a fat guy. It was a fat guy. Hmm. No, here's no. Here's what he thought. He thought he thought that I was just stringing these guys along and giving them false hope and kicker, keeping them from weight loss, which was where they all needed to go. Oh, but of if course. but if they see that someone hmm. like me is interested in them, well, then they're absolutely <laughs> not going to lose weight. So aren't I really killing them? I mean, he had this whole construct, right? And that's where the goofus in this oh story. God. So the only reason to lose weight is to get laid. Oh, no, 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 no. It's that it's that it's if the you only can, possible motive. No, it's that you. Well, perhaps indirectly, but the idea that if you can get a hot guy, why would you lose weight? And if you take that incentive away, then they're all going to die at 30. <laughs> it's just but but the oh, the thing is I mm. and I've been in I've I've given seminars and I've had guys stand up and say like, oh, I would never date a chubby chaser. Absolutely not. I'm like, so you want to date someone who hates your body as much as you do? It, you know, it's it, it's it's this idea that we attract what we get and we get what we attract. And it, people fail to realize that it's it's really linked like that. And so for the person who thinks, well, this is all I can get. Well, yeah, it is all you can get if that's all you think you can get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Dan's point is well taken that mm -hmm. this because I, I was trying to think like, OK, what would I say? But the, the thing is, this uh, goofus is not there uh he's he thinks he has there's nothing wrong with him at least he did at the time that this story happened so yeah, exactly. yeah but if there's yeah. somebody who is maybe a little bit closer to you know at least acknowledging that they have something to work on um oh boy it's tough i mean there's so much yeah. going on there but i think really the i think the if it's a couple i think my advice would be that a, a chaser a good chaser or a good guy that you're dating mm. can only help you so much, but it is not their job to. If they yeah. are a good person, they will want to. If they're a good person, they will try, but it yeah. is not their job to fix you, save you, bring you along. They uh, they can rise to the occasion 
in the moment, but it is your job to work on your shit. And whatever that looks like, if it's getting therapy, a life coach, or just listening to a podcast that opens your eyes a little bit, I think that everyone could use a little bit more introspection. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Th- that's, that's, that's probably what I would say. It always comes back to like help can be asked for, help can be given, help can never be expected. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also a dynamic that that can fall into. If you have a dynamic in your relationship, and this has actually happened to me on the other side, where I, I was with I was in a relationship with a thin guy, and guess what? It wasn't really working out sexually. We were completely <laughs> in love, but it wasn't really working out sexually in a big way. Mm. So, and and it became this dynamic, and this is this is also you can generalize from this that when you get into this dynamic, that like oh my you know my partner is great, he's going to help me through this, he's going to help. Yeah, they can help you through it, but what is embedded in that? If it goes on too long, if it becomes a current, if it becomes a dynamic, is that he's going to help me becomes a reinforcing loop for I'm defective. If he always helps you, that means you're always going to be he he always helps you to the extent that you're always defective. And so there has to be a way. It's a very codependent relationship. Yeah. And it, it creates a certain dynamic that it's ironic because it's the very dynamic you're trying to break out of, but it ends up reinforcing it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that, that it just you are your own set of of limitations. Like you can only go as far as you will allow yourself to go. And you know, it's I think another way of saying it is like if you, nobody can love you if you can't love yourself first. You know, that's uh-huh. it's only going to go it's only going to grow so much uh without your own efforts. So this is a little bit of a tangent to what we're talking about, but I, but it our conversation has put this in my mind, right? So I was talking to a very attractive uh, chaser guy online. I have no question that he's attracted to me. That is not that is not the issue here, right? Um, however, when he started, he talked a little bit about porn, right? And uh, actually talked about like this porn movie that he's like super hot for. It's like all this context for him. It's like one of the first porn movies he ever saw. It's all these fantasies tied up with it. Um, I went to look at it and it's mainstream gay pornography, Hmm. right? Uh, No one even vaguely of my body type. Interesting. Um, And it's, it's through a little bit of a wrench in my psyche. I'll admit Hmm. even now that it like, I I like to say I'm a little more advanced than I once was of like, wait, so are you by sending me this? Are you signaling that you're not attracted to me or no, I'm like, I mean, I, but that's where the brain goes, right? My so, my question would be, what is, like, I, what what's happening in this video? Because I feel like it's, I, I would be less focused, uh, like, if there's no one fat in the video, I'm like, okay, but I my brain would be like, okay, but what's what's happening here? What is? Oh, the situational aspect. Of yes. it. Is there is that a kink thinking? that's being explored? Oh, there yeah. there are several that layers. Occur to me. Well, there are several layers. Definitely, absolutely, what Trevor says is, you know, you're looking at body type because you're kind of predisposed to look at body type he like you said he already knows he's into you you already know he's into you that's not on the table anymore this is about behavior dynamic power it's about some other aspect that's going on the porn also it may it may also be 
it, let's say it's just let's say it's vanilla porn and it's like you know you look at it and you go like looks like porn to me looks like you know <laughs> <laughs> like nothing like stamp nothing, across the screen porn <laughs> like if, it's, <laughs> if, it, if it seems like the cardboard box of porn like that's pretty ordinary then what the other thing i would say is that it just may be kind of where i was in my early 20s where i didn't have any other model and i was a tr i was turned on by to sort of mentally by thinner guys but i knew i wasn't going to get it on with them after our, i figured that out after some experience and so he may not like he doesn't see it the way you're seeing it he's mm. looking like even if it's not about power dynamics or particular activities or whatever he's just you know he may be looking at the passion involved he may be looking at um just how they look at each other or how they don't look at each other you know um good point whatever it is but I think it's safe to say that given how sure you are that he's attracted to you, and I, I think that's likely, like I don't think you're wrong in that. I think that it, Trevor's absolutely right that there's something else that's interesting him about it. And it might be, if you can't pick it up just by looking at it on your own, you can kind of ask him about it. Like, so, sh you know, like watch it with him. Like, I invite him to watch it with him, like, you know, like narrate this. And you will, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're a writer. If he narrates the porn, or even if you even if you just have a conversation, like don't even you don't have to sit down with him. If you just say, "Wow, that was so interesting that porn you sent me the link to," uh, what are you responding to in that? What excites you about that? The way that he writes that narrative, the vocabulary he uses, the scenes he focuses on, mm -hmm. I think will give you a tremendous insight, be, especially because you're a writer and you know how characters talk versus mm -hmm. how other characters don't talk. Right. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. So once again, Dan brings us back to the common theme of old <laughs> Chaser and Chubb interactions. Communication, communication, yeah. communication. Yeah, what you see is not what I see. Um, I mean, how many times have we gone through that, Michael? Like, yeah. Chubb does not see the world like a Chaser does. No, no, no. <clears throat> Most people don't. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> well, obviously, this is uh, scratching the surface of a, you know, a topic that has many different facets to it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Charlie, I hope this was somewhat helpful to you. Goofus, I hope you're in a much better place now than you were then. Um, you've changed your name. <laughs> uh, we have a tip for today, I think. Ooh, oh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, for, is this the first tip of the new year? I think it might be. I think it is. This yeah, it's the first tip of the new year. Um, it's like an iceberg. <laughs> so new year. Um, <laughs> this is kind of revisiting a former tip. Um, I, th I believe I talked in the past about join J O Y N, which is an online, um, they, they say movement classes, um, workout it's, it's online workout videos, but, um, for fat people by fat people. Um, mm -hmm. and because it's a new year, they have some new uh, courses with new instructors. Um, and one of these caught my eye, uh, in particular, and it's led by, uh, um, Hopefully I'm saying this right. Charles uh, Abu Zed, um, who is teaching strength training. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the class is available just yet, but I went to his Instagram page and I was completely blown away by all these videos he has of him um, doing different strength training exercises. Um, one yeah. in particular is um, uh, Charles doing a, a headstand and removing a pair of sweatpants with just his legs. Wow. Um, and and he's, I, he's a big guy. He's like, um, probably, I was going to say, that's say like six, part. three. Um, 
he's Sorry, six go. three, but he's six three, but he is also like he is quite hefty. I would I would guess he's he yes. might be in the he might be in the low three hundreds at that size. But he's doing this headstand and he's doing these amazing things and yeah. 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 And um I I you know, I enjoy Join's um spread, but I I don't know. I've always been kind of surprised when it comes to any kind of like movement, exercise, whatever. Um, I would have assumed I would prefer female instructors, but I found the opposite that I don't know why, but like hmm. I'm more comfortable with male instructors, um, which when it comes to any kind of like fat, uh, fat or body positive workout stuff, mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of male instructors. I really like how uh, the Let's Join Instagram page introduced Charles uh, with a quote um, from him. In this picture, he's saying, uh, movement is a celebration of who we are and what our bodies can do. And when we honor that by moving in a way which feels good to us, that's when we find joy and peace and in our own movement practice. And I find that very encouraging. I mean, it's when you look at what he's actually saying, like it's really, Dan said this a year ago when we did our, we had a bit about um, exercise and what exercise really Mm -hmm. means. Um, and it's actually just about finding a way to move yourself that you enjoy and makes you feel good. And I think this really follows in that same mindset. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's your body's expression of who you are in the world. Yeah. Um, if you want more information about join, um, it's join.com, J O Y N.com. Um, there let's join on Instagram or, uh, just give Charles, um, a follow at uh he's team wagon w-a-g-o-n uh on instagram yeah and i guess it's worth pointing out i don't think we've ever said this before but we aren't sponsored by anybody at least no. not at this stage so <laughs> not we're <yet>. just <laughs> we're genuinely bringing these up because we appreciate these people and these these companies uh yes. but if you want to sponsor the big thing uh don <laughs> do we have yeah, a at you winston box i need <laughs> some new clothes <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our bit this week is dedicated to Goofus, the asshole who hurt Charlie so badly. And to explore Goofus, I have picked a a, a selection of people or organizations who should have been better at what they were doing and were not. Mm -hmm. Uh, This this week, we also have a military theme because that was easier to find this sort of thing. So (laughs) multiple question, multiple choice, boys. Question one. In 1453, the Ottomans attacked Constantinople in an attempt to topple the Byzantine Empire. Constantinople, however, was protected by magnificent walls and well-equipped defenders. Though many thought the siege would fail, no one could have expected that. One, gophers had undermined the northern wall, which collapsed shortly after the siege began. Two, someone would accidentally leave one of the gates wide open. Three, the leaders of the two armies fell in love and ended the conflict peacefully. Or four, the Ottomans would get lost en route and launch a surprise attack, not realizing they were in the wrong place and attacking a neighboring city they were allied with. Mm. Or E, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the Turks had couches. Um, I'm going to go with B, uh, two. B, uh, I think they left the gate open on accident. Someone just left they, the gate wide they open. They left the keys in the car. They, somebody fucked up. Watch out. <laughs> I really like the gopher 
defense or <laughs> I just because I keep picturing ca- I keep picturing Caddyshack and the little <laughs> <laughs> and the Ottoman oh, the Ottoman okay. Empire. <laughs> thing, I'm doing the I'm, I'm, he's dancing. I'm doing the dance. It's very entertaining. <laughs> doing the gopher dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very it's adorable. So you're going gopher. I think I have to go for it. Okay, Dan's gophering the gopher. Uh, Trevor. I'm going with four. Uh, attacking got the lost. wrong city. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the correct answer is, in fact, someone just freaking left the gates open. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> and the armies just walked right in. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I chose um, that one because that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> there's a reason why Michael and I have never been employed as city guards. You just just it's saying. True. It's like, very true. We because both of the, do exactly the same. Because of the thing. Ottomans? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Dan, I have a feeling you may know the answer to this one. I don't know about the other guys. Okay. Just before World War II, the French had built a massive, intricate system of impenetrable fortifications along their border. Uh, they could never have expected that these fortifications were useless because. One, Germany had missiles. <laughs> Two, Germany controlled the land that the supply lines that fed the fortifications, allowing them to starve out the defenders quickly. Three, Germany used tanks that blew their way through the walls. Or four, Germany went around it. <laughs> oh. And no, I don't know. Um, oh, yay. Huh. I Is there a gopher gonna... in this scenario? Because I'd pick that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say tanks just because because the tanks, it feels the tanks right. just blew their way through the walls. Yeah. All right. One for yeah, tanks. I feel like the Germans were known for their tanks and the utilization of, yeah, artillery. All I'm right. going to say tanks. You got two also. for tanks. Dan? I think I'm just going to go. They went around because we <laughs> we, we already have two, 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 two tanks. Two things with walls. Yeah. Okay. The correct answer in this one is, in fact, Germany just went around the walls. Uh-huh. <laughs> And you know this what I said? It's called the Mar- Maginot Line. It was considered like one of the best fortifications created, but it just ended at their border with Br- with uh, Brussels. Mm. So the Germans just went through Brussels and ignored the entire thing. Uh, uh, I feel uh, like you I know what, Don? Mistake playing you know what, Don? Tanks, tanks a lot. <laughs> mm. <laughs> My gift to you. <laughs> All right. Question three: Emus. Emus? The massive flightless birds who can eat a farmer's entire harvest in one sitting oh, those invaded emus. Australian farmland in 1932 and set about doing damage to their stock. In need of help, the military was called in to drive the emus away. <laughs> While you'd think soldiers armed with machine guns would mm. easily overcome an avian menace, the Australians <laughs> never could have expected. One, emus are immune to bullets and are able to outrun <laughs> the surprise soldiers. <laughs> Two, Seems legit. the emus had consumed the natural predators of the extremely poisonous spider population in the area. Uh, the emus also ate the spiders, and without them, the spiders spread out of control, resulting in multiple deaths. Holy shit, that's the most Australian thing I've ever heard. It is. <laughs> Three, the emus had apparently formed an alliance with local kangaroos. As when the soldiers started shooting, both the emus and kangaroos in the area started attacking the soldiers and drove them out of the area. <laughs> that sounds like or a Donism. Four, or four there were no massive amounts of emus in the area just one elderly one on its last legs being used as part of a publicity stunt staged by emu brand shoe polish what wait what so they were so emus are immune to bullets (laughs) a final answer (laughs) (laughs) which one was that michael a a a one emus are immune to bullets bullets. i want to believe i'm also gonna say a 
All right. You moves are immune to bullets. We got two. Uh, I'm going with a giant publicity stunt. That just seems so perfect. All right. Giant publicity stunt. The correct answer in this one is, in fact, emus are immune to bullets. What? No. The bullets were not able to penetrate their feathers. Uh, same way that like when you when you hunt a turkey, you got to shoot its head off. You can't just shoot the turkey because the bullets, unless you get it straight on, the bullets are going to be deflected by the feathers. Wow. I well, I knew, it, I knew it wasn't an alliance with kangaroos. That that was just impossible and absurd. Yeah. I mean, those t- that blood feud is never going to be settled. Yeah, Hatfields I mean, and McCoys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. What? The last question. I'll be ready. <laughs> yes. Gideon Pillow is acknowledged as one of the worst generals in the American Civil War. Which of the following plans earned him that honor? One, he ordered his soldiers to entrench on the wrong side of the fortifications at the Battle of Cerro Gordo. Two, Having no victories to claim, he made up extensive stories of his heroism to the press that quickly revealed him to be a buffoon when the reporters sought to verify his claims. Three, faced a court martial for stealing a Mexican cannon and trying to smuggle it home in his luggage. Or four, humiliated the Southern army by retreating from an opponent that was all but beaten, having his forces retreat to a fort, and then abandoning all 15,000 of his men to escape the fort in the middle of the night, allowing them to be captured by Union forces the next day. Huh. This I'm is gonna, a real person. I'm going to say four because then it's a pillow fort. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm. I'm, gonna, I'm going with A, that he had them entrench on the wrong side of the, re- of the fortifications. I'm going to say he abandoned his fort. And the correct answer is? All of that. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this person. And there were more. <laughs> like he, These were not the only things he did. Um, he's sort of amazing. If you read the bio. Oh, my just, God. This much incompetence wrapped up in one person is amazing. Goofus oh. would definitely have been on the Confederate side. I'm just saying. Can we uh, resurrect him and send him to the. Uh... To all of the Trumpers who out there who think they're going to rise up and retake the Capitol, just have him. Yeah, we got oh. have we got them. the general for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We got just the guy. He likes lying to the press and everything. So that good. Uh, we wanted to do something uh, completely different for our question of the week. This is uh, we're going to ask you what is an example of a trouble chaser in your life uh, who really helped you through a specific uh, uh, trial that you were going through. What what is a what is a story of something. Um, totally opposite of Charlie's experience with Goofus. Um, we want to know, we'll talk about it in our mailbag segment. Write us in. And Trevor, where can they write the answers to this question? I'm glad you asked that, Michael, because it's my favorite part of every episode. We're on Cue the music. <laughs> We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars or a review on Apple or Stitcher. Check out all of the lovely things we talked about. Uh, you know, articles, everything, big color, conspiracy theories <laughs> at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yeah. Yay. I want to say thank you to the people who have left us a few reviews on Apple Podcasts, a few Ooh, ratings yes. and a review. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Maybe you're the listener who's always in their car. Mm-hmm. Clutching the steering wheel, <laughs> driving around endlessly <laughs> in some kind of hellish purgatory where 
all you do is listen to the podcast and scream at us. And as Don <laughs> warned earlier, he's in the back seat. So watch out. <laughs> he's going to strike but, uh, the piano wire. Oh, no. <laughs> but you'll, you'll be forewarned because you'll see a piano coming up behind you. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't own a piano. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hit stop. Stop! I think that's wise.